0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Better Love with Dr. Greg. We're answering another TikTok question today. It's about relationship anxiety and struggling to form a secure attachment. We're gonna talk about the different attachment styles today. We're gonna to talk about the adult attachment inventory or interview, I should say, which uh, is a tool that psychologists and other therapists will be able to use to determine your attachment style in adulthood. And here's the punchline here. There's different kinds of attachment, different kinds of ways in which we relate to one another interpersonally that develop from all sorts of influences starting from early childhood. And so today we're going to get into it. If you have any experience with anxiety in your romantic relationships, you're going to want to listen to today's episode all the way to the end, because at the end we'll actually talk about some specific strategies you can use. In your life today and this week. So let me briefly introduce you to uh, Dr. Mary Main, a research psychologist from here in California, University of California, Berkeley to be specific. And in the early 70s into the 80s, she and other researchers with her were interested in this question about how we can really understand, how we can look at, how we can measure the kind of attachment we might have in adulthood based on our experiences throughout the lifespan. I'm not going to get into specific items from that instrument, I don't want to mess with that. But I do want to just talk about generally kind of what the instrument looks at. It's going to ask you ways in which you describe uh, your relationship with your primary caretaker. And and these uh, responses are going to give you maybe a better sense of what your uh, attachment style is. But let's get into the general flavor of attachment styles today. And I am certain that we will talk about different kinds of attachment styles many, many times on this podcast and at A Better Love Project. Why? Because attachment is the name of the game when it comes to romantic relationships. So here, let's get right into the different primary styles of attachment that we typically talk about in our field of couple and family psychology. This comes from the work of Mary Ainsworth and uh, John Bowlby, both doctors, one a psychologist, one a psychiatrist in the early 1950s. You've heard these before. If you've taken an intro to psychology course, they are secure, anxious, avoidant, or fearful avoidant. If you're a parent right now and you're listening to this, then you have so much influence in this area in terms of the way in which you respond to your child, right? The more responsive you are to that appropriately, the more secure your child will become. They they know that if they essentially they you know sort of bid for something that's going to be responded to. So, hey, you may be listening to that and say, "Wow, that sounds a lot like some of the conversations you're asking me to have with my partner, Dr. Greg, where I bid for something and ask for something, and my partner responds to me." in a validating way. Yeah. And you'd be onto something, ladies and gentlemen, because that's the name of the game. We want to stay emotionally connected to our partners in a, an adult way, right? A responsible way. You know, we want to be realistic about that. So we know that the masters at long-term relationships typically respond to about 80% of bids effectively. That doesn't mean perfectly. That means effectively so that the energy of the response to the bid is relatively approximate to the energy of the bid itself and that's how we define a really effective response to a bid and why are we talking about bids in adult life bids are anytime we turn to our or toward our partner and we ask for something even if it's just like eye contact or a kiss or whatever it is and so secure attachments begin in in, in infancy and in childhood and uh, our parents our primary caretaker for sure has a huge impact on our attachment style. It doesn't all happen there. And obviously, over the course of your life, all the relationships, all the human relationships you have will come to influence your attachment style in some way. Again, we hope that as you get older, you either start from a secure attachment style or you move toward that kind of style. And that may take a lot of work for some of you. It may take less work for others. But we, we do have these other attachment styles. We have the anxious, the avoidant, the fearful avoidant. Let's get into each of them a little bit. All right, I want to use an example from, again, uh, just another TikTok audience member who gave me this example, which is basically when you text your partner and you're waiting for their response. And I'm gonna use that example to talk about the different types of you know adult attachment styles that we might be curious about. And the first is secure. So if you have a secure attachment, you text something and let's say they're not as responsive as you'd like them to be. So it takes them a few hours and you actually needed to know the answer to the question when you texted, or close to when you text it, then if, if you're in a secure attachment, you're going to think to yourself like, oh man, they must be, you know, they must be super, you know, tied up with work or they must be, there must be something going on. I'll stand by. It's okay. Let me problem solve it in this other way, whatever it is. By the way, when you actually hear from your partner and you figure out what happened, we hope it's one of those things. <laughs> and, uh, And it's okay, then we just kind of move forward and you go on to the next day because the next day will have its own set of things that you have to be focused on. If you have more of an anxious attachment style, so you do experience anxiety when you send that text and you don't get a response right away, and then you maybe slip into some rumination where you're thinking, oh, what's going on? Why are they responding? Da-da-da, and there's a thought train that takes off and you're off to the races and maybe you start to experience even more anxiety. The more you think about it, right? So that's one example of another style. Now the other is avoidant, right? So you send a text message you really wish you'd heard back within the next, you know, couple hours or whatever. Doesn't happen. You see your partner at the end of the day, you don't bring it up. <laughs> but it's pissing you off anyway. That's sort of an avoidant style, you know, of communication and engagement around something like this. And then a fearful avoidant would be They're avoidant and they're anxious. That's a tough spot to be in, right? So you're feeling all this anxiety and you want to, you probably want to share it with your partner. You're like, oh my God, why didn't, you know, we, why didn't we, what happened? You're anxious about it. And then you're also avoidant of talking about it or bringing it up because maybe you're concerned if you bring it up, you're going to rupture the relationship or the person is going to leave you. And yeah, by the way, all of these sort of non-secure attachment styles are very uh, caught up with distorted ways of thinking about and perceiving our partner, right? So we might be a little bit hyper vigilant to signs, you know, and evidence in our environment and in the day and in what our partner says, that confirms maybe a bias toward, oh, this person's untrustworthy or this person's this, that, the other thing. When we have a secure attachment and we have a trusting, committed relationship, then we can just sort of, oh, we, we, can, we can lean into making the presumption that our partner was trying their best in the situation. Something else must have happened. And and so we come from that place of trust again. And in a secure attachment, we're going to have mostly that. And that doesn't mean you don't ever question your partner or whatever if you have a secure attachment. It just means that the bias, the, the cognitive and emotional bias that goes with it is around, No, oh, I trust this person. I believe this person when they speak to me and they tell me what's going on (laughs) and we want to be in a relationship each and every one of us wants to be in a relationship with the person that we trust as much as we trust ourselves so we want to we want to work on developing and fostering romantic relationships that do have the flavor of a secure attachment you'll definitely get that more likely when you have two people who who did have secure attachments to their primary caregivers that's something to be curious about perhaps when you're dating and coming to understand each other is just understanding those relationships. Hey, when you want to develop love maps of your partner, whoever they are, you want to understand their life. You want to understand their childhood and you want to be curious about all these things. And uh, if your partner offers this stuff up in, in the dating process easily, you can listen and come to understand and remember these things. It's important stuff that they're sharing with you. If that comes less easily and you have to ask a little bit more... Still do it, you know, still try to have those conversations. Really important to develop a strong uh, set of understandings about our partner's life when they were kids and their primary relationships with caregivers, et cetera, et cetera. All good stuff, okay? So ladies and gentlemen, please, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, do so because we're going to be promoting secure attachments here. We're going to be answering questions about, you know, the, non, the insecure, sort of the non-secure attachment styles. And we're going to just try to help you every week to love each other more fiercely and to create an environment in your home that's peaceful and where there's lots of love. So until next time, love each other fiercely.